Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Digital Value, we explore the intersection between real estate and NFTs, or non-fungible tokens. Today's guest is Doug Robinson, a 20-year veteran in mobile and voice technology and the founder and CEO of Tresha, an NFT marketplace for music, artists, and fans. Doug, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Doug. Thanks. It's really uh, good to be here. Happy to have a chat with you, gentlemen. It's great to have you here, Doug. Uh, so tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, from Northern California, went to UCLA, settled in New York uh, about 10, 15 years ago. Thought the idea of uh, being a mobile leader would be interesting and, and how you could kind of connect the future of creative and and brands and, and what that would look like. And so I spent a, a bit of time building a company focused on that. Uh, we wanted to be leaders in next-gen uh, technologies and ideally... You know, some of what we did was whether it was around second screen things for ESPN or Amazon Alexa and Google Home. How do we help consumers change behavior relative to technology? So, Doug, tell us for our listeners, and I think we all love to know what are NFTs? Yeah, so NFTs are a non fungible token. So, to give you an example, like a fungible token is a dollar bill. So if I give you a dollar, you give it to someone else, they give it to someone else. We really don't know whose dollar that was to begin with or where it come from. But a non-fungible token means that if I give you that dollar, I've kind of attached, uh, we'll say like a, a warranty or a contract to it. So if you give it to someone else, then there's an opportunity for me to tack on a tax. So if you give it to someone else, I get 10% every time that happens. And then there's a record, right? So it's, it's all pretty much recorded as to who owns what. And so it's a really good opportunity in general to, to basically have an electronic token that is representing something unique, um, whether it's a digital piece of artwork or website or whatever. But these tokens can use things like cryptocurrency, so whether it's Ethereum or Cardano to run and kind of validate it. So the, the NFT isn't the item itself, um, you know, just like a, a house or, or a deed. It's, it's, it represents the ownership in the thing. So is that, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. So is the record that you're referring to, is that the blockchain? Yes. Yes, correct. And so tell us, you know, because obviously some people know about the blockchain, others don't. Just tell us a little bit about the blockchain and how records uh, like, for example, an NFT versus like a Bitcoin or Ethereum uh, or Cardano, as you mentioned, what are the what are the difference between all of those? Just obviously at a high, <laughs> you don't need to go into the details and the code associated with it, but you just give us a high level of what the differences are between those. Yeah, so 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 Bitcoin is kind of like the, I mean, there's things like layer one and layer two, but let's just say Bitcoin is really like the first token, and so it doesn't have any of these extra bells and whistles, right? And so the Ethereum is like version two, and Cardano is trying to be version three. And so version one, you have 21 million Bitcoins, very limited supply. Um, and so that's the, it's a scarcity 
thing, right? Ethereum is, well, we want to be able to build things within the framework. And so that's why if you look at the Ethereum kind of ecosystem, there's tons of companies doing lots of different things on it. Well, Cardano, which is really founded by one of the former Ethereum guys, wanted to really, he thought the system that Ethereum was making wasn't as stable as the future really needed in this arena. So he wanted to make something that was definitely a little more, um, shall we say, future and backed by uh, educational resources or backed by both uh, you know, uh, an educational side, a technology side, and to make sure that everything was even, even tighter. So th that's where Cardano, which has really just started uh, doing smart contracts in the last month or so, that's where they hope and look to become a leader. Um, they got their ability to to do many different things and even more than Ethereum can do. Uh, so it's not, it's, so it sounds like there's there's it's a it's more of a future proof um, uh, item, and so that's really cool. Speaking about the future now nfts are on the scene so it, it sounds like it's transformed a lot of industries um tell us about how nfts are um applied just to say uh in a painting or a piece of art so so the nft is created it's it's minted right from a, it's a digital object so it represents both a tangible and an intangible item right so it could be an art a gif a video a collectible an avatar designer sneakers, music. Um, and so the, the idea is that, you know, I, I can own a piece of art, the physical piece, but again, if I take it off my wall and put it in your house, nobody knows that it was mine. So as a digital kind of uh, rare artifact, it, there's, there's a, again, there's a record of it. And so we want it to live in the digital kind of landscape right and, and some people are putting together for this physical digital piece so like i get a piece of art and then i get like a poster to go with it so that i can hang it in my house but the idea is that from a digital landscape perspective i have the exclusive ownership rights so an entity can only have one owner at a time and so that's it's the unique data uh that makes it kind of easy to verify who the owner is and then transfer tokens between the owners and so then the owners or the creator can also store uh specific information inside of it um and so like an artist can like you know sign their artwork uh, by including their their signature in the nft metadata so i i'm, I'm a little confused which wouldn't be the first time for me so um let, let me let me take a, a let's say let's say i'm a painter and i paint a painting and there's a painting and i put it in a studio and somebody comes and buys the painting. Now that owner owns the painting. <clears throat> That's the physical painting. And whoever buys the painting from me, as that painting moves from owner to owner, there will always be one unique owner of that physical painting at any given time, correct? Correct. Okay. The NFT, which I assume can only be created by the person who painted the painting, or can any owner at any given time along that chain of events decide he's going to create an NFT of the painting that he currently owns? And then going forward, you'll now have the painting and separately, you'll have a digital picture of the painting, let's say online, that somebody will also own, could or could not be the same owner, correct? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I don't know if we've really been thinking about it like that because the the person that made that original painting 
they have the right to convert it into a digital piece. And so I think we have to figure out if that person uh, can have it and then make the NFT themselves, because that's not really how it works. Because like the idea is that the artist can kind of sell it directly to the consumer, right? So I don't need the gallery or I didn't need to go and buy that painting from, you know, whatever art house or something. But we we want the the artist to be able to keep their profit. So the artist is able to program royalties so that they can receive, you know, percentage of the sale whenever it's sold to a new owner. Um, because generally, you know, artists don't receive future proceeds uh, after their artist first sold. So, um, so yeah, I don't think that's helpful. That's quite interesting, right? Because that says that um, if I'm an emerging artist and, um, you know, in 10 years, my piece of art is going to be worth a million dollars, but I just sold it to you for $25. Um, ultimately, I then benefit from that yeah, from the for the from the art gaining in value over time because I own a piece of it, basically, or I still retain a royalty associated with it. So that's super interesting. So I think the lifetime value of a piece of art. Now that we know that, particularly the digital world, that piece of art can never be burned, right? It can never be lost for the most part. It always exists. If it's digital, then there's always going to be opportunities to make revenue from that. Potentially. Well, let me ask you a question. Let let me ask you a question. Let's say. Let, 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 I'm just thinking of this from the purchaser point of view. Let's say I buy the painting from, let's say, Doug, you painted it. You sold it to Alex. And with an NFT that says you get 10% of, uh, you know, uh, of every transaction going forward, right? That's what we're talking about, right? You you participate. Yeah. Okay, so let's say Alex sells it to me for twice the price. For Let's say Alex bought it for 100 from you. He sells me for 200. You, then I would, for the 200, Alex would get 180 and he'd send you 20, your 10%. Correct. Now, let's say I own it now. I pay 200. Now, let's say when I sell it, the value has gone down because in the meantime, Doug, you've painted 724 other paintings while you're, while this painting was circulating. And now the, the scarcity value is less. And now I sell the painting for 100, which I paid 200. Do then I do then can I go back to you and you give me 10% back of what I so if nope. own so if me as the buyer I have to share profit but I don't share the losses why would the buyer ever accept that how is an artist going to the buyer say I'm if I buy it I own it if you're going to have to keep pieces of it I'm not going to buy it and wouldn't that make a problem for the artist who's trying to sell the product uh, the artist no the artist can consistently I mean, the future is clearly is uncertain, right? On one level, right? But we don't have a lot of history to judge performance NFTs. But the reality is it, the royalty is baked in regardless. So the artist wins, the artist and the creator wins no matter what. And that's kind of where I would think we've been trying to get to for 400 or 500 years. So, you know, if, if the value is based entirely on what someone else is willing to pay for it, then the demand will drive the price rather than the fundamental technical or economic indicators. And that's that's how usually like stocks go, right? Like you buy a stock for five dollars and it goes down, and you're like, oh, I probably should sell it, or it goes up, and you're like, oh, it's great, I'll sell it, pay it contain that. You know, none of that matters. Okay. All this means that an NFT can resell for less than paid for it, or you may not be able to resell it all if no one wants it. It doesn't matter. But again, these things are irrelevant because the artist is able to reap any benefit along the way. So it's almost like ASCAP and music where the Rolling Stones, even though they wrote the song 50 years ago, if somebody plays it on the radio, that, that radio station has to pay a royalty. So it would be the same thing. It's allowing um, 
art creations that did not have an ability to monetize consistently over time for the artist can now have a legal registered ownership contract somewhere in the ether we'll call it somewhere because it's in a it's in it's in a server somewhere right it's not physical anywhere and that would allow the person to collect continuously on the growth or use of their product that's kind of really the idea yes so it's kind of like it's kind of like when someone else uses my photo and my likeness on their tinder profile <laughs> they're benefiting <laughs> only from, once <laughs> they're, they're benefiting from my good looks i want some of that all right just kidding so i think that um ultimately what we're saying here is that this is this is um really a valuable opportunity for people to to make particularly creators make money this space is super hot right now i think every time i open the uh the trades i see some big celebrity getting into the space in a big way, whether or not it's a big uh, um, sports person like Alex Rodriguez or some big um, uh, entertainment person. I'm not quite sure if Jay-Z's in NFTs, but I'm sure he is. So um, tell us a little bit about, like, what are some of the applications? And we talked about art, but what are the other ways um, the NFTs are being used? Well, again, we're at the beginning of the curve, and the, the, the reality was there's an idea to, to develop an asset class uh, around NFTs. And so, when you're thinking when you think about it in that term, the art and collectibles and, and, and sports moments make the most sense. But moving forward, we're going to start looking at it from a new way to do digital contracts. So, when you think about insurance or a will or a wedding vow. Or real estate, you know, those are all new opportunities to kind of revamp the, the the way that we've kind of structured contracts in the past, and then who really controls or how that contract is validated uh, through the blockchain. And so, th those are probably the real opportunities. Um, and whether they take a year, or two years to to come to market, that's that's really where we're going to see massive um, long term change in the ecosystem. Well, you brought up real estate. I don't know if, if, if there are any examples yet or anything like that of how exactly they're being used, because in real estate, there already is when it, whenever there's a transaction, right? The government steps in, there's a, there's a legal record of somebody, there's an ownership, it's, uh, it's registered with the city or the state or the country so that if you own a house, you own it and it's easy to check that you own it, you pay the taxes, et cetera. Um, what are some, what, what other, what, what applications could be used towards real estate for NFTs that might be of interest? Well, I mean, the, the buying and selling of homes, um, you know, the elimination of, of realtors in general, because if I own a home and I, you know, you find me as a buyer, there's really no need for me to have these, these fees in the middle. And then again, it goes back to, I'm going to sell you this house, but if you sell it, because I really don't want anyone else to have it, then I'm going to tack on a royalty and, or I want to tack on, you can't move the tree in the backyard because it was my kids and I wanted to live there forever. Or you can't, you know what I mean? Like you can set different stipulations that are, you know, really locked in um, for the future of that, of that home's transactions. Yeah. That makes total sense, right? Because there's a lot, there's a massive industry just related to the legal aspects of real estate, right? The deeds and the, you know, and the lawyers and the States, every state has a different process and different laws associated with it. And so it's kind of removing the state as the um, uh, you know as the as the the the, the third party um, uh, in that transaction, right? It's like basically we need the state to validate 
ownership on in one way, shape, or form. And then there's a sort of ramifications if you manufactured, you made up your ownership of a piece of property, um, the, the state comes after you and puts you in jail <laughs> because you lied. And now I think that the what you're saying is that NFTs allow for some verification validation that I actually am the owner without the need for the government to um, be the sovereignty that that protects the buyer and seller in that regard, right? Yeah, I mean, so our idea of value and money has really changed, right? And people kind of start to believe and realize that anything could be worth money. But, you know, providing the reason you can demonstrate why someone should need or collect something. So centralized authorities no longer control the concept of money. So NFTs can lead that decentralization of finance to go mainstream officially, right? And so the exciting thing about NFTs is realizing that, you know, overcomes kind of a fundamental hurdle toward building a virtual or digital future, right? They make concepts like rarity and scarcity and uniqueness possible and humans are always going to want things we're always going to want to buy things collect things and so it it really be, i mean we can get into this another time but it, it kind of gets into the idea of of nfts as social capital um you know if you, you think right so art sneakers you know all these things that, that live around the idea of scarcity and rarity that's where we're really seeing this this early emergence of the asset class around nfts sounds like one of the problems with with blockchain as it relates to Bitcoin, is that it's it there's a there's an ability for fraud or for theft because it's all done digitally. There's nothing hard. No one has to walk into a bank and walk out with the money. Uh, and so there's been a there's been there have been a lot. I mean, I, For, Fortune magazine put out an article of the largest cyber thefts of the last decade. Eighty percent were Bitcoin related, right? So obviously, we every day I presume we're getting better better that security. But how important is it to get that security right? in order to be able to then create that NFT for things like homes or purchases where it'll be secure that it doesn't disappear or get lost. You know what I mean? Well, I should be jumping on that because I think that there's, there's an issue with the, you know, when it's, when you say that, that, um, that theft has been Bitcoin related, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people are using Bitcoin as a, as a ransom currency, right? They're holding people's goods for hostage and then ask them to pay in Bitcoin. I think that's the theft. Um, I don't think, I mean, I mean, do we find that the people are actually stealing Bitcoin? Half a billion was stolen out of the coin check hat. Half a billion was stolen from the Mt. Gox scandal. There have been billions and billions of dollars that, and when, and when the Bitcoin gets stolen, it doesn't get stolen and it's someplace else you can recover it. It just disappears. But is that because it goes into someone else's account? No, but is it's that gone because, now. Is that because the place that's holding the Bitcoin is porous, not the Bitcoin itself? There is no such thing as Bitcoin itself. Bitcoin itself is an idea. It's a number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's the system. I, it, that's my question. Is the system safe enough to allow for using blockchain to expand now into all these new areas where you're taking something physical like a painting and turning it into a digital asset? So, yeah. So, Doug, why don't you jump in since you're the expert on this? Because I, I don't know if I, I if I agree, but I think, you know, um, Bitcoin is an asset. Um, that's being used, that's being traded. Um, but it, it, so is, is that incorrect? Yeah, I mean, I believe, I believe it's an asset and I believe that it is secure enough. I think that, you know, just like everything else, someone can break into your house and there's always a possibility for something to happen, right? If anything can happen, it will. Um, but I think that we are getting better around the security 
of these assets and the idea of the tokens and like sure there's always look we're none of not most of us are not crazy hackers we don't you know we can't break into uh to, to people's banks accounts and stuff like that but there is a huge number of people that can and so like i was with a friend a couple months ago in miami and he was like, oh, you know, it asked me someone on this phone because he has two phones on this phone asked me for this password. And I, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. And I did it. And the next thing I knew the next day, because I have, I mean, he's a cybersecurity backend specialist. Okay. This guy's like leading the game on how this stuff is protected. And someone had snatched about $200,000 of his stuff. And he was kind of more just like, that's my bad. I know better. I should have been stupid. I was doing, I was, you know, multitasking and not whatever. And like, that's it. So, you know, it can happen to anyone, but I, I don't think it, that the class itself is not secure. I think we have to really kind of move beyond that thinking and really start thinking about how to make it better and how to make it more widespread and applicable to things that make all of our lives better in general. So what is the future then of that, right? So, okay, got, I got it, I, you know, blockchain wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, um, as important as it is if it wasn't good. And I think people are making a ton of money off of it. Uh, I think in some ways it's so good that countries are either, either using it or banning it. And I speak of China. Um, so where do we see this going? I mean, like what, I mean, obviously, as we can probably all imagine, because we've all watched sci-fi, <laughs> you know, and so the future, if you're a Star Trek fan, there is no currency, <laughs> right? But I think, you know, so there's a long way between the future and then where we are today that I think we, we all want to be. Where, and I, we sort of see blockchain, we see blockchain and a lot of things that are riding on it, i.e. Bitcoin and Ethereum, et cetera, and i.e. NFTs. What's next? Like, what, what are we, you mentioned, you mentioned contracts. You yourself are in the, in the DJ, you, you know, you spend some time working on NFTs with DJ and music. Like, what's next? Like, just walk us through a step of where we are in the, in the next two to five years. I mean, okay, so the rise of NFTs are obviously, you know, happening around a broader acceptance of cryptocurrencies, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, among you know, mainstream institutions and, and the broader public. And then for the past decade, crypto was kind of largely a specialized space, right? It was the domain of a select group of enthusiasts, tech nerds, get rich, quick speculators and, you know, whatever, but no longer, this isn't the case anymore. Right. And so the, the, the whole innovative piece of, and part of NFTs is that these tokens become genuinely revolutionary when, when we truly merge, um, our digital and physical lives. Um, so virtual worlds are not really science fiction anymore. So whether it's, uh, you know, virtual reality, metaverse, video games, uh, one thing that's been happening is people are doing futures uh, so for concerts. So, you know, I want to book this artist for Coachella in 2026. And so today I'm happy to pay $30,000 for that. Right. And so let's, let's think about it. It's, it's, it's 2021 in five years, maybe that's worth $10,000 or maybe it's worth a million dollars. You know, either way it, it becomes a new, type of asset class to really kind of do really unique things. And so, and if this pace keeps up, then we're really just a few years away from kind of moving our digital lives forward. 
right? And so then let's think about the, the virtual piece, right? You see what Facebook's kind of done and how they're attacking the metaverse. And, and so how do we take what's happened globally you know, with the pandemic and how it's changed the way that um, you know, information and collaboration happens, we're going to see a lot of these virtual meetings and I'm going to, my physical self is going to be somewhere else and you're going to be hanging out with my digital self. And so then where are the monetization opportunities around that? And then where does some of that, that scarcity and, and, and rarity that I talked about, um, you know, where businesses can use the technologies and, and then, and how does that, how does that really help us make sense of what a truly virtual world, i.e., in the matrix, looks like uh, in the future? So, you know, that's actually super interesting, right? Because what it does is takes away a lot of the micromanagement that's happening at lo local levels by either countries and our states. Like I just, you just meant, you just were talking. I'm thinking immediately about online gambling or something, you know, and online gaming, where states. It's not all legal in all fifty, you know, um, you know, fifty states, fifty-one states in the United States. So. There are different states that have different laws associated with gambling. There are, there are states that have different laws about how to make money online for the most part. But if, you, if, you, if you're on a blockchain and you're playing dominoes or whatever back then with a friend and the winner takes 50 bucks, that if it's on a blockchain, it changes whether or not the legality is associated with, with that reward, right? I mean, does that... Do we think about it in terms of boundaries and barriers to to trade um, falling down because of this new movement? I mean, I, I I think we get to kind of make new boundaries and we get to discover new models or new ways of doing business or new ways of ownership. And I think all of that. I mean, we're, we're kind of due, right? Like, it's, isn't it kind of time for us to remake the future in ways that are not only more secure and stable, but effective and, and even allow more people to participate? So we're, we're kind of at this moment, especially, you know, in a post-pandemic world where we can, all of these things have been bubbling, right? But it's really now that we're able to really see the asset class develop. And so you look at even, obviously, Bitcoin and, and crypto, right? That's a 10-year life cycle that's, that's really now becoming more mainstream. I mean, 40% of millennials now own uh, some form of cryptocurrency. So what we're doing is setting the stage for what we've all thought our, you know, Star Wars and, and Star Trek future should look like. And, and this is kind of the, the foundational elements right now. Do you think we're going to need at some point some kind of government intervention to at least oversee values of these NFTs that, to make sure that, I mean, who? let's say you own the value of an NFT and the other person doesn't want to pay. What... I just having the NFT that says I'm the owner, how, how do I get paid? How, what enforcement power do I have, if any, unless I have some kind of government entity in the end who's going to say NFTs are legal and we recognize these NFTs and, hey, you owe, you owe Jamie 10% for that sale. Who's, who's going to make that happen? I mean, as someone who is a proponent of decentralization, uh, I can't necessarily say that we need a government to oversee. I think that the system itself is being built that if you violate or participate in different ways that may not make sense for the other, uh, for the rest of the organization or the people that own the token or, or any of that, then the punishment can be just as severe. Um, you know, it's kind of like when you do something really dumb on social, you kind of get blacklisted. Bad things can happen. People control you. And, you know, I had a friend who's being 
trolled on Twitter by like 50,000 people because it's something they said, right? So those things really inherently for your life perspective can be much worse. So, so the need for a government body to oversee the progress of this, I mean, we all know that the government has clearly not been making the progress necessary in this country for the last 50 years and in many other countries. So, I mean, I can't, I can't personally advocate for a, a government body to come in here and, and really try to stop or limit what we've already seen making its own progress over the last few years at lightning speed. Well, I just want to say that um, it sounds like you're not going to be running for government anytime soon. No, 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 Doug's president. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, but I do think that there is something to be said for, um, um, for, for your, for your future um, uh, promising uh, or dystopian um, uh, listeners, you can decide. Um, But I love your, your, your perspective um, and your insight and your uh, your deep knowledge and expertise on the areas of crypto, um, particularly areas of, of of blockchain, and more importantly, the areas of NFT and how um, creators um, can benefit both today and and in the future. So I want to thank you uh, for the time that you've given us um, and in helping us understand this space. I feel like an expert already. My pleasure. I also want to say, Doug, you know, it, it's a whole whole new topic for me. And uh, have having spent time as an artist, I think the fact that you're spearheading um, this revolution that will allow artists to protect and to benefit from what they create is extremely valuable to our society. And I think that will lead to potentially more types of art, more things that will be viewed as art, more creativity, because people will realize now that there's a way to monetize what they love doing. And I think that's going to be very valuable. So thank you very much for your insight. My pleasure, gentlemen. Uh, just, you know, keep in mind that one of the things that I, we find interesting about it is, is, as I said, the social capital, uh, you know, another time we get in status as a service, um, you know, thinking about investment, uh ideas and investments as a status so that's a that's a different topic but yeah what does the asset classes of the future look like so very 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 powerful technology being used in ways that we we haven't really touched touched the surface yet right first inning first inning fantastic so doug thank you very much for being on the show glad to have you thank you doug thank you guys you've been listening to the real estate podcast Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.